Welcome to Your Best Riding Life, an extension of the Blue Ridge Mountains Christian Riders Conference held in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. I'm your host, Linda Goldfarb. Each week, I bring you tips and strategies from experts in the writing and publishing industry to help you excel in your craft. I'm so very glad that you're listening in today. Today, we're looking at marketing mistakes and social media platforms. My industry expert is Bethany Jett. Bethany is a multiple award-winning author, ghostwriter, and marketer who received the Distinguished Scholar Award for earning the top GPA in her master's program, where she focused on communications, marketing, and PR. Bethany co-owns Serious Writer and Platinum Literary Services and loves everything about the publishing industry. Well, except for the rejections. I'm right there with her on that. She's a military wife to her college sweetheart and a work-from-home mama of boys who loves planners, suspense novels, and all things girly. Welcome to Your Best Writing Life, Bethany. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I'm so glad that you're here, and this is your first time on Your Best Writing Life, and we're going to journey into the inside life of our expert. And so, Bethany, I want you to share something with us that maybe we won't find in your bio. Well, it's interesting that I don't have it in my bio, but I'm actually allergic to an ingredient that's found in paper and tape, stickers, adhesives, plastics, um, It's a contact allergy. So with as much paper as I deal with as an author and a business owner and someone who loves paper planners and stickers, it's a frustrating allergy to have. Wow. When I heard that, I was thinking, and I thought that dog dander was tough. (laughs) I mean, I can kind of get away from that, but do you have to wear gloves or do you, this is like, who would have thunk? That that would have been something that, you know, could have kept you from doing what you do, but you persevere anyway. Yes. And I have gloves all over the house, but, you know, sometimes I think, oh, I'm just not going to wear them right now because I'll just touch it for a second. But then, um, you know, you pay the price. (laughs) (laughs) Darn, it caught me in that second. It did. Well, I'm glad that you still continue to do what you do, especially in the writing industry and also just caring for those that are in this industry with you. When you said you really love everything about the publishing industry, I have seen that in your walk, Bethany. Mm -hmm. I've seen it in how you treat people and how you embrace people. And it's just such a blessing to have someone like you to help us along the journey. And I appreciate you being here with us today. Well, that's very kind. Thank you. I think we live in an amazing time because there's, you know, voice to text and digital books. And so there's so much that I can do without having to actually touch paper, even though I still do. (laughs) You know, God had you in mind when he put that technology into the minds of those (laughs) who actually worked it out here. Yes. But he was like, you know, Bethany's going to need this. So I'll take care yes. of it now for her. He's such a great God. All right. So today, let's go ahead and head into our content. And let's start with the social media platforms. Mm-hmm. What social media platforms should writers focus on, Bethany? 
such a hard topic right now and so important just because of everything that is going on in the news regarding censorship and politics. And it it's a scarier road to navigate right now, I think, for people as they're trying to balance marketing with sticking true to their beliefs or, you know, sometimes even moral thoughts that are coming through, like ethical, I guess is a better word. Um, what What is the right thing to do right now? So right. Uh, tricky conversation for sure. So um, just kind of know that going into what I'm going to say, everyone's got to, you know, look at it and make their own choices. But just in an overall best practice, kind of, you know, pushing all of that to the side for a moment for this conversation, I would say that there are a few platforms that I would recommend authors and writers at least have a presence on. Like, I don't think it's possible for us to be fully active on every platform because who has the time? Right, <laughs> right. right. But if you have a presence there, then at least your reader can find you on the platform that they choose to be on. And I think that's important when marketing. It's not really about you. You're not the consumer at that moment. You're the marketer. And so making sure that your reader can find you. So I would say Facebook, just because it's the biggest and most people have one and you can share links easily there where you can't do that with all of the platforms. YouTube would be one I would suggest authors and writers start going to because it's video, but also the description box in Google is very much used as a mini blog area. If you look at bigger influencers, a lot of them will use that space to communicate, to provide links, to provide affiliate codes, all kinds of things goes on in that description box, almost like a little blog. And YouTube is owned by Google. So you're diversifying who owns your social media platform and content, which is important right now. For the third one, I would say Instagram. I think Instagram is a huge platform, even though they're owned by Facebook. So you do have to keep that in mind. The two uh, work very seamlessly together now. And Instagram is a powerful platform. And I know I always have people tell me, Linda, that they don't think their audience is on Instagram. But they're, according to, depending on what website you look at, they're number three or number four in terms of how many people use that platform per month. So your audience is there. And then I would say Pinterest is a good one to have a presence on. Maybe Twitter, if you're going to use it conversationally, it's not great for selling books. But um, TikTok would be the other one. It's number five, believe it or not. With what you're sharing, you know, I'm nodding my head on the other side of of the stratosphere here. When you mentioned YouTube, Mm -hmm. if you could take just a moment, because there may be some of our listeners that are like, well, if (laughs) I'm on YouTube, then I have to have like a video of me. I have to start making videos of me. Is there a way to have a YouTube presence and not necessarily have their own face be on a video? Absolutely. For Definitely, (laughs) for sure. So let's talk about why you should have a YouTube or even maybe consider starting it. So Instagram announced publicly that they are no longer a photo sharing platform. They are a video sharing platform. Ah. And we've seen this increase in video over the last year with the rise of TikTok. And then with Instagram, they released reels, which are the 30 second clips that you can uh, share. Plus they also have their own 
competitor to YouTube, which is called IGTV, which you can post up to 10 minutes of video. So video is everything right now. Your efforts are better put towards making a video than a graphic, specifically on Instagram at this point. So I just want everyone who's freaking out right now that I'm suggesting they have to start like adding more into their marketing hours. Let's just take a step back because marketing is really about the message. And so if we can kind of get out of our head that this is about promoting a specific book, but instead sharing the message that is in our hearts that we want people to know when they read the book, then we can think, okay, how can I take this same message and how can I deliver it in a way that is either video or audio and you don't have to show your face? And so as an example, anybody who is in your space, whatever you're writing about, whoever you're you know, competitors are like in a book proposal, you have your competitive work, you know, or market analysis section, who are they? Are they doing videos like this? What kind of videos are they doing? Find someone who is doing one without showing their face and just copy the model or the formula. So you can do overhead shots of things. Um, People film themselves cooking. Um, You know, they're not showing their face when they're doing anything like that. And then you can also take graphics, actually, and put them together in a video into an MP4. Canva makes that very easy. It's a photo editing app. And then you could that is a video. So sometimes just your pictures put together can be a video. And that doesn't have to be your face either. Right. Because I've seen it. You know, we've seen book trailers. And mm-hmm. I mean, some of them may have the author speaking on them. But a lot of book trailers, they have catchy music or at least music that drives the theme of the book. And Mm -hmm. then they'll have some um, memes. They'll have some images that really tell the story that needs to be conveyed. But since it's music and since you put them together as a video, they can be used on YouTube. And I like that you said, look at your competitor. What are they doing? Don't steal it. Don't plagiarize what someone else is doing. But if they're getting traction, then that means that it's working. And so I look at what I do as an author, and I'm also a photographer. And Mm -hmm. so I'm like, okay, I can actually, if I'm not going to use my still photos now on Instagram, and I'm going to make it into a video, well, I can actually have the photo and do a voiceover. I mean, yes. there's things that I can do with that, right? That would that would still work. Absolutely. Okay, this is good. This is, you're just giving me more work to do. You know that. I know. I'm just like, <laughs> you know, I'll tell you someone to follow if because I this is the person that I consider to be a mentor influencer on Instagram when it comes uh-huh. to books. And I need to do more of this myself. Her name is Abby, but on Instagram, her username or her handle is crime by the book. And it's crime by the book, not don't buy the book. Right. (laughs) Crime by the book. I love it. And um, she focuses on crime novels, which is a very, that's a very specific niche genre in the overall thriller category, right? Right. But has a huge following on there of people who love it. And basically, she does a lot of book reviews and um, she'll show her bookshelf. She'll go into libraries or bookstores. And with Reels, she has started to show her face. But for the last 
I would say before like pre COVID, I would say, um, I never saw her face on there. It was just a books, a bookstagram is what it's called, um, feed. And so as authors, I think fiction, nonfiction children's, she is a great person to look at and say, okay, I could follow this same model with books and never show my face. Although she is doing it now. And I would encourage people to step out a little bit, play around with Instagram stories because it's a very easy place to practice being on video because people like to see the person behind the screen. So I, I'm not suggesting to never get on screen, but um, she would be a good person to follow. Right. And people do like that. They really do. When they read your content, even those that, that are following you on Facebook or they're interested in what it is that you have written or something that you have to say, they do like to see your face. Mm-hmm. And so it's a little bit of getting over ourselves, but knowing <laughs> that, you know, maybe maybe they could even consider, I know before we used to think of the nine squares on Instagram, well, just yeah. put your ear on this one, put your chin on this one. And when it comes all together, they'll have one time where they could see your face all at one time. But yeah. uh, that that's just a whole different category that we'd be going into. <laughs> I would like to touch base with you on TikTok. And I know that that can be a controversial Mm -hmm. platform, but I have been reading up that, as you mentioned, it's getting a lot of traction, especially if you write like YA, um, if Mm -hmm. you write, you know, sci-fi and and all of this. So can you just touch on that for just a moment? Yes. So again, you have to make sure that you're doing what you need to do, but I tend to just personally watch what the people that I admire and who know more than me do. I follow their actions. And so as soon as they jump off of that platform, I will probably be jumping off that platform, but they're still there making a lot of content and I'm still there making a lot of content. Well, not as much as they are for sure. But, um, so yeah, I try to, that is one way that I kind of gauge when maybe is the right time, because I know that they have more invested. There's more for them to lose just because of who they are and their brand presence. And, um, you know, and it just goes back to action, speak louder than words. So, so that's always my advice to people too. Who do you trust? And then what are they doing? And that really is good because you're also being aware of the market, right? We, as marketers, right? So we're authors, we write a book, but we do have to think as a marketer. And Mm -hmm. as a marketer, once a book is written, it's no longer really about us. It's about who is going to be the end user and Mm -hmm. also being aware of what is going on in the market, which is what you just alluded to. Are you, are we paying attention to those who are where we are not yet? And what is it that's being successful for them? Now, I would think you would agree that if someone has been in the industry for 25 years and they have a huge following and you have a beginning author coming in for that author to assume or presume that they can jump right in, start doing what that author who's been out there forever and ever and ever and be that successful that fast they, you know, the first author that's been here for a long time, they did a lot of groundwork creating Mm -hmm. their following that they have today. So today we have to go with what's going to work for our reach the best today, not necessarily doing what they did before. Does that make sense? 
For sure, because what ha- what was working even five, six years ago is not what we should be teaching today. It's different. Technology has moved so fast that it can feel like it's hard to keep up with, but really things really boil down to three things. It's written copy, the audio or a video and traditional media, which is still very effective is that it's newspapers and magazine articles and books. That's written word. And then you have radio, which was the audio and then TV, which is video and movies. And it's just switched a little bit. It's the same concept, but we're on a podcast right now, which is audio, right? YouTube, IGTV reels, TikTok, it's video. And then you have still written word, but we have it in a form of social media and statuses and blogs and things like that. And so really, if we just break it down, it's the same thing. I just think sometimes we, um, we like to treasure, you know, the traditional media, which is still very effective, but we don't want to jump into the new stuff. And where is the audience is really the question. And that, I mean, social media, that's where your audience is. And I will say too, for anyone who is nervous about TikTok, let's, can I just dispel a myth real quick? Absolutely. Okay. So COVID changed a lot of things. And one, um, one thing that it did was not forced, nothing was forced, but we did see the increase in users over teenage age, really getting onto the TikTok platform, which is one reason why it's grown so fast. And so if you're wanting to try TikTok, my recommendation would be for the first 20 minutes of having the new platform, you have a brand new algorithm to teach. And so you don't have to see any of the crazy stuff that is on every platform. I would recommend getting on there and start searching hashtags for things that you're interested in, but then also search hashtags based on age. And so for me, I searched um, over 30 club, over 30s club, which is like the three zero with the S, over 40s, over 50s, over 60 club. And then I did the same thing with the word mom, over, uh, moms over 30, moms over 40, moms over 50, because then all of a sudden you're starting to hit a target demographic that's more either in your age bracket or your target audience. And so TikTok learns that algorithm very quickly. And I I love the platform because I'm rarely ever seeing anything crazy on there. I'm seeing a lot of really great content, people teaching, people entertaining And I'll tell you, there's a guy, I'll say his name. His name is Deshaun, the auto advisor. He got in on, I think it was in May, but he's already, he's already verified. I think he, is he close to a million followers? He's in the hundreds of thousands at least. He did it so fast. And all he's doing is sitting in his car, sharing information to people about buying and leasing cars. It's so niche, but he's educating people. And like, if we could do that as authors, whether you write fiction, children's or nonfiction, there's research involved in the book, start sharing that information. It's crazy how people can find you. And it's amazing how fast he went. I mean, he's doing crazy amazing. But the reason is because he's giving so much value on the platform. Just sitting in his car telling people (laughs) mistakes and things to do and not do. That's it. And that's great. Is there an average time that you would say is a good, you know, uh, what we should be striving for length of time to have a video there? Yeah, on TikTok, you can go up to 60 seconds and they are releasing up to three minutes. So I don't know if they're slowly releasing that. I finally got that access, which was nice. But there is there is something to be said about doing a 10 second video or a 15 second video 
because sometimes they're watched more often, which helps the algorithm in your favor because it's being watched yes. multiple times. So really, you know, Instagram stories for anyone who's getting started and this all makes them very nervous. Instagram stories is only 10 seconds per story and it will help you learn how to tell a story in a short amount of time. And, mm. you know, this is a good time to practice. People do not care about perfection on these platforms at all. So it's That's so good. Let, let that just go melt away from your fear. <laughs> That's very good. I teach a lot on personalities. So I know there's one personality in particular who would be going, let me do that again. Let me do that again. Yeah. Let me, <laughs> that could be their whole spiel. They could do that for 10 seconds and it could be on, uh, you know, on perfectionism, but no, this is great. This is great information. So let's switch gears here for just a moment and look at some of the marketing mistakes that writers have been making. What would you share with us on that subject? Well, I'll share two of them. And the first one is, I think the marketing mistake we make is that we don't post enough. Hmm. We're so afraid of being spammy or not wanting to put the time into it. I'll say that. <laughs> I'll stand yeah. on that one. <laughs> okay. You know, people do not want to put the time in. Um, the thing is, the algorithms for these platforms, they get a lot of flack, you know, for lack of a better word. You know, people hate the algorithm, but there might be reasons for that. But the algorithm, I think, is our friend because as a consumer, I don't want to see things that I don't interact with. So if I'm interacting mm -hmm. with planner stuff, then Facebook or Instagram is going to show me more planner stuff. Well, I consider, okay, I consider that to be like an amenity. <laughs> I love amenity. <laughs> and I'm like, I love that it's only showing me things that I care about. I don't want to see stuff that, you know, my husband is into like IT and all this other stuff. And I hate all of that. So I don't want to see any of that. Right. So I like it, that it kind of focuses in on, on the things that we like. Furthermore, if you don't want to interact with a certain account, then you can stop interacting with it. And eventually you're not going to see it anymore. Well, people get mad about that, right? Because, oh, Facebook isn't showing my stuff to my friends. Really, the, the question they should be saying or the thought should be your friends aren't interacting with your content. So maybe oh. the problem is your content. You're not doing something to make them interact for the algorithm to push it. And, but we don't want to go there. <laughs> Myself Ooh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Bethany, I just experienced a toe lifting moment here. Uh, <laughs> you're stepping on my feet. You're stepping on. <laughs> my hand but is I mean, right here. <laughs> right, right. But truth is truth. I think, yeah, a lot of times we share what it is we've learned. And so it's like, hey, fact is fact. My friends aren't seeing it. Maybe it's because it's. It's not the problem. what someone wants to see. I, I don't, but hey, that's what's in my control. That's what I look at. What what can I control on my end? What yes. is it that I have to change? You know? Yes. Wow. And that's that's all part Go of marketing. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. evaluating, you know, setting out a plan. This is what I'm going to do, doing it. And at the end of whatever time you've decided you're going to test something, evaluating it. And it just takes the pressure off of the whole thing. Because now your audience, you're letting the market, I love that you said market earlier, you're letting the market tell you what they want. And the more you can give them what they want, the better and faster and bigger, you're going to build your audience. 
And that is important. And I know, you know, especially at Christian conferences, there's always uh, the tension between self-promotion and marketing versus, you know, wanting to do this for God's glory. And, you know, God gave us this message. And I just feel like if God gave us this message, we are going to use it for his glory. So let God will bring the increase, but I have to do yes. my part so he can, and that it's worthy of what he'll bless too. I like that. God will bring the increase, mm-hmm. but it's, it's like, you know, Lord, I need a, I need a hole dug in my backyard and you're standing there with the shovel waiting mm-hmm. for it to happen. And the Lord says, well, I gave you the means to purchase the shovel. Yes. So start digging. That's exactly and the right. The going to be there, right? But we we have to we have to be able to say this is what I'm doing, this is how I'm doing it, and people don't know what you have to offer until they know you have something to offer. One of my favorite influencers said one time that talking about audience size, you know, everybody wants to have hundreds of thousands of followers and and have a platform like that. But he said, why do you think you deserve that big of an audience if you won't take care of the one that you have? And I got so convicted by that. I thought, if I don't care about the hundreds of people that I have in terms of listening to their comments, responding, paying attention and interacting and engaging, then what makes me think that I'll be able to handle it with more? So good. Mm. I like it. Mm-hmm. Well, we may have even covered more than two mistakes, but those were those the ones you wanted to cover? Or do you have more? <laughs> this, uh, the last one I'll share is um, sure, just not, sure, being sure. In, not being intentional. I think being intentional Ooh. can can change the game. And by that, I mean, you can tell on Instagram as an example, if someone's account looks like a personal account where they're just sharing family stuff, and then you can tell when they're trying to share a message intermixed with some of that personal stuff. And so just having a feed that has some semblance of intentionality can kind of be a little bit of a game changer for how your audience receives. So that that was my second one. Okay. And to me, that looks like if you have a branding color, use it. Mm-hmm. If yes. you have, you know, uh, if you're going to post a, uh, you know, a meme that has, a message on it. And then you do something that has your face, having it be where it's consistent. And even if it's alternating, at least we can see there's a pattern, you know, it wasn't just haphazard. I really like that. Very, very good. All right. Now you say marketing is rooted in Christian concepts. Share your thoughts on why you believe it to be so. All right. So in my master's program, we learned about the 10 steps of integrated marketing, which sounds scary. What is integrated marketing? (laughs) Yeah. And basically integrated marketing, just kind of it in a nutshell, is just delivering a consistent brand message. So your website, your social media, your email newsletter, it all kind of looks the same, but it's the same kind of message as well. Kind of like a portfolio. Okay. So they're not going to go to one platform and it's this weird, crazy stuff that you don't talk about anywhere else. (laughs) You know what I mean? Got it. So in the 10 steps of integrated marketing is where I realized at this public university that this is actually a very Christian concept. And yet 
I hear more resistance at Christian writers conferences about marketing than I do anywhere else. So it's almost these two worlds where marketing is a thing people um, love or they explore or they treat as amoral. It is what it is. And, you know, what you do with it is what matters. And then at the Christian conferences, there's a lot of resistance to it. So it was very Mm -hmm. interesting during my my time in grad school. And here's why. Um, I can run through the 10 real quick if you want. Just list. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. And so as I'm listing them, think about, I think about the love languages, but think about how we like to feel loved or are these 10 things ways that people can show love to us? Is it how we can show love to our audience really? Because the focus is on them, not on the company or the writer or the book or the product. It's really about the audience. And so here are the 10 in order as I learned them. (laughs) Number one, uh, listen, which is active listening. Two, utilize active conversation. Three, respond quickly. Four, ask questions. Five, determine user interests. Six, share stories. Seven, provide value. Eight, offer surprise and excitement. Number nine is to engage. And 10 is to remain transparent. And I thought, I have verses for all of those. (laughs) 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 To probably write a blog post. (laughs) Or a series. That would work. (laughs) No, that is good. And I, my mind, as you were, um, numbering them off, I was, I was doing the same thing. Oh, that could go exactly with this scripture that could go with this. Mm-hmm. And, and I like how it builds and how it prioritizes the first one being listen. Mm-hmm. If we all actively listened in our home with our kids, with those we love, then it, to me would overflow into how we go about doing, doing business as well. And with marketing, I need to listen to find out what the need is. I, I need to, to know, you know, I may think I have great content, but if it's not what's being needed, or if I'm not hearing my audience, then I'm going to give them stuff. But like you said earlier, but they may not come in on it. Yes. Mm. Yes. This Listening is, is the most important. It's really the research phase of it. And I think we spend the least amount of time on that mm-hmm. part. Mm-hmm. Kind of listening to the market. What will mm-hmm. the bar- market bear? Where are the people? Where do they live? Where do they shop? How are they, you know, because truly when we have a book, it becomes personal to someone. And so mm-hmm. I need to know what are those personal cues? How can I meet a need? And exactly. listening to what is the options out there, I see that as being so very important. Exactly. And two questions to really ask yourself about your audience is where are they and at what time of day? 
And you know who does this the best is Uber Eats or Grubhub or any of those delivery, you know, apps, Domino's app. Because I will tell you that there are some weekdays at 430, I'm getting this random notification about a special or a deal. And it's because they know I'm a customer of theirs, but they also know I probably haven't started dinner yet. So that's why the Mm -hmm. notification comes out at 430 as a suggestion to use them that night. And I'll tell you that on the days that I'm stressed, they may just win that one This because they knew the time of day to send the notification based on the user interests <laughs> and how their market is. And so as an example, if you're writing to moms or if your uh, mom and grandmas are the book buyers for your books, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, great places. If you're trying to reach my husband, who is just turned 40 and hates social media, you could be on Instagram all day. You're not going to find him. He's listening to podcasts and he's reading websites. So you really have to know, you know, where to put the time based on what your audience wants, not what you want. I like it. I like it. Anything else that you would like to share with us that I didn't ask you in this area of marketing mistakes or with social media? I just want to encourage everyone who feels overwhelmed with social media or building a platform. You know, you just want to write your book and, and that's Mm. the dream of your heart. But I think if we take it to the next level, kind of like what I said earlier about this digital age that I'm so grateful that I live in because of my paper allergy, you are two clicks away from sharing your message at any given time. And so if we can really focus on the message and not the book, not the vehicle that we're using to get the message, then social media marketing and platform building becomes something that is part of our day. And I'll just tell you that I hated it at one point and I grew to love it. And part of it was just changing a mindset of I get to instead of I have to. And I used it as a break time between projects. I've got five minutes. I'm going to jump on Facebook. I get to get on Facebook. I'm going to jump on Instagram. And I wasn't doing it on purpose, but when I look back, that's that was the mindset change. And so you may never love marketing as much as I live for it now, but it can become something that is just a natural part of your day where you're no longer thinking, oh, I got my 30 minutes of marketing in, I'm done. And instead, just let it be part of your life. Good. I like it. So here's a question for you that I've been asking many of my guests of late. Bethany Jett, what brings you joy? Right now, what brings me joy is the freedom to control my time and spend it with my kids when I want to and be with my family or planning or being in my office. And and I think that that, again, just kind of goes back to this whole digital age, the ability to work from home in my circumstance or having email with me on the go means I don't have to be a slave to my computer. I can live life and still enjoy social media and marketing and all those things while investing in my family and investing you know, in my relationship with God and my writing as well. So I think just to kind of tie it into marketing a little bit, um, having the freedom and time to do those things is what's bringing me joy right now. I like that. I like it a lot. Well, you have a book that's out and it's called Platinum Faith. And so I want to know what's, what's happening with your book right now. How can some of our listeners get involved 
with what uh, you and Michelle have going on with the book? Well, we have discussion questions in the back of the book, and we've had ladies groups and some churches use it for their Bible study. And so what we're working on right now is splitting the book into sections so that um, either small groups or churches can use it as a four-week or a six-week or an eight-week study. And then what we're hoping to do is in November have a big Zoom party for the very last chapter so that churches can um, do this. And then at the very last chapter, we will get on Zoom and have sort of this fun girlfriend time Q&A finish the book together just with churches across the country. So that's exciting. And Michelle and I are actually working on the Bible study companion, which is called All in Faith, and it will release next year. Woohoo. That's exciting. Where can they find out more about uh, getting involved and also with the Zoom? We will have all of that on michelleandbethany.com because I love that we got our names (laughs) as a website. So michelleandbethany.com, and we will have that information up soon, very, very soon, but that'll be the best place to find it. Okay, great. And I know you have a giveaway for us today for our listeners. So what are they getting? I have a handout called the 10 Steps of Integrated Marketing that we just briefly touched on um, during this show, but I also included on that handout a bonus, and the bonus are places to practice active listening And I think it looks like there are six or seven um, different suggestions on there, places to go to be able to to do that. So um, I hope people find that helpful as a resource. Well, I think that they will. I know that they've found what you've discussed with us today very helpful. And yes, folks, absolutely. I will have every type of link in the show notes for you to be able to connect with Bethany, Bethany Jett, and that's with two T's, please bethanyjet.com and the other links that will be in our show notes so that you can get a hold of the download. I've seen it. It's very attractive. Good job. Bethany, thank you so much for being here with us today on your best writing life. So good to have you. Thank you so much. All right, folks. And thank all of you. I know I say this every time. I know it. But really, can we thank people enough? I think not. So I do thank you, and I call you my friends. I thank you for joining us. And if you would, please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review. Because truly, what you have to say matters as much as what you have to write. This is Linda Goldfarb, and I look forward to being with you here next time on Your Best Writing Life.